The Chiefs are going to be down a couple of players when they meet for Thursday night football against those Chargers. The Chargers aren't at full strength either. How do they get there? What's going on? Is this going to get worse? And how do they actually face the game? Matt Derrick's going to tell us all of these things and more. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Mr. Matt Derrick, editor extraordinaire of ChiefsDigest.com and soon to be world-renowned. How are you, Matt? <laughs> I'm doing well, Ryan. Short week, so I think we're all just trying to hang on for our lives. Right. Uh, hit the go button. Uh, there's a lot going on, and <laughs> we should just hit the top of the hits here right off the bat. Chris Jones now added to what we found out about Josh Gordon yesterday. Uh, two guys on the COVID list. I thought I saw that this was an actual positive test for Chris, which means he has to past couple of tests as well. Is that confirmed? And that would be the the indication and suggestion for, suggestion for everything that we've seen because Chris is, uh, as I understand, vaccinated. So um, landing on the COVID list in this case would usually indicate a, a positive test, which, as you've noted, yeah, that would require two negatives uh, 24 hours apart. So you're really talking about the only opportunities being Wednesday and Thursday. Um, and you know, so, yeah, I mean, there's a, there, there, there is a, a narrow window at which he and, and Josh Gordon can both become eligible for this game Thursday, but it's a very, very small window. Yeah. And this is, it, it's unfortunate this week when I think one of the, one of the keys is going to be getting pressure like they have the last couple of weeks on Justin Herbert, make sure that you can stymie him a little bit, but it's going to be what it is. There's no way around it. Um, the the ramp up this week in cases across the league and the tiering of personnel as well. I, I don't think that there's uh, any any wiggle room at all. So, do you expect to even see either of these players on Thursday night? Uh, I think it's. I mean, it's a, it's a short week where you know practice is not that big of a deal. I mean, there's only one day of practice for essentially. I mean, even though we get you know an injury report on Monday, there's no practice on Monday. There's a practice on Tuesday, which for the Chiefs it was even really just a glorified walkthrough. I mean, there were no helmets today, anything like that. Um, and then there's just another walkthrough on on Wednesday, which you know is even less intensive. So, you know, that, practice isn't that big of a deal. It's just simply, you know, is there a long enough window for which you can get two negative tests? And on a short week, I mean, the, the odds are minuscule. I mean, certainly less than 10%, probably less than 5%. That's a tough one. Uh, how critical do you think, uh, let's start with Gordon. I thought it was obviously a step forward from, from when we talked the other day. Um, you were up close and personal with him in that presser. I know that he had said that he didn't really feel like he was that ill, just maybe a little cold or something like that. Um, given his performance with that condition the other day, and we haven't had any more positives within the wide receiver room, do you feel like the, the pass-catching group is is stable at this point? Yeah, you know, and, and Josh mentioned, and I know on Twitter, that he thought it was just a little bit of the winter sniffles. And, yeah, I even thought in, you know, in the press conference, it was like I noticed he had a little bit of the sniffles and a little bit of the clearing of the throat. Um but it doesn't, you know, that doesn't really ring any bells for you necessarily. Um, but I, I thought that it, it's 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 probably frustrating for Josh personally from this perspective, in that I mean, this was the game that he got the most involved. I mean, he gets he gets the catch, you know, into the end zone for the touchdown. That was a play that was designed for him. 
um, that they put in a few weeks ago and just hadn't gotten to it on the play sheet yet. You kind of felt like, though, that even though it was a modest game, I mean, a couple of catches and the touchdown, it was something to build off of. It was something mm-hmm. that, you know, could give him the confidence to make, okay, you know what, things are starting to click here. And just getting that that rhythm with Patrick Mahomes and, and getting the confidence of the quarterback is it's just a big part of getting it going. So you kind of felt like this was Josh Gordon finally getting some momentum. Um, and now you get this setback. I still think that, hey, I, I still think there's a path for which Josh Gordon um, becomes, uh, you know, a more important part of this offense later in the, in the late in the season and we're going into the playoffs. Um, but hey, this means you're probably going to see some other guys. You know, the Chiefs protected Jerry's Fountain on Tuesday. So there's an excellent chance that he's elevated, especially just for a special teams role on Thursday night. Um, and, and McCole Hardman is probably going to see a bigger role. And that's a guy that, you know, since Josh Gordon has arrived, has seen less and less playing time. So, you know, I think this is a game where McCole Hardman's definitely going to need to step up. Yeah, and, cer- and certainly he's got the, the tools to exploit the Chargers. We've seen have some plays against them before. Um, they also elevated Zane Anderson, if I understand correctly. Um and they, yeah, they added, they added him to the 53, so he's not even just at a, you know, a wow. practice squad elevation. He's actually signed to the 53-man roster, which right now, I mean, with Chris, after Chris Jones went on, right now the Chiefs only stand at 50 on the 53. So, you know, they've got a couple of spots to fill. Does that mean there's a chance that Colin Saunders, I didn't think his window was open to come back from IR yet. I don't think I think his window is next week. That's and, you know, and they've got a handful of guys that, you know, Mike Rimmers is in that spot. Um, some other guys possible possibility too of coming back, so we could see another practice squad elevation m- most likely, right? If they feel I would, they need, uh, you know, uh, well, with Jones and Gordon, they could absolutely use two COVID replacements this week, and you know, and that's in addition to your regular practice squad elevation. So right now, we could su- see up to four elevations on Thursday night. That's going to be interesting. We'll have more for you guys as we get closer to that. And I want to get into the Chris Jones phenomenon that we've seen the last couple of weeks and what it means for this week. We'll do that coming up next. Every game is big for the Kansas City Chiefs these days, but let's talk about the big one. Super Bowl 56 is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and from a group of elite experience that feature some exclusives like celebrations with NFL legends, five-star hotels, three-star Michelin chef meals from the likes of Wolfgang Puck. Onlocationexp.com slash SB56 is the place to go for more information, or you can just search Super Bowl on location and you'll find it. That's locationexp.com slash SB56, or just search Super Bowl on location. You can have a great feeling about not only this season, but where it's going. Let's get there together with On Location. We've been hearing a lot about Stance Apparel lately, especially because they just launched a new line of athletic apparel. That's important, and it's kind of the holiday season. It's a good time to give the coolest gift that you can give. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel gives you all kinds of radical reinvention of socks and undergarments and active apparel, all kinds of things that is unique to them and kind of reflects popular culture uh, and some of the biggest collaborators and ultimate hits that you can find out there for self-expression. You can find all things from from Batman to Star Wars to, you know, the most popular things in the NBA, uh, Major League Baseball. You might even be able to find some things that really fit your personality. All you got to do is check out Stance Apparel and find an item that you'd like to wear. Stance believes in the perfect fit is what matters in fitting in. And those that feel good look 
So go check for yourself. Register for account at stance.com. This S-T-A-N-C-E.com and get 15% off of your purchase if you use our promo code locked on at the checkout. That's where it'll apply. Enjoy the color and the comfort of being less ordinary with stance. It's bad timing for Josh Gordon to miss this game. It's also really bad timing for Chris Jones, who I think is just hitting his stride and helping everyone else get there. This front four is now all four. And I said it the other day, if if they should lose anybody to injury or whatever, that's a significant kink in your ability to get pressure. And, and this is just as bad, if if not uh, for the fact that it's not as long-term. Uh, do you see that this, that they have a reasonable expectation to still be able to, to put things out with Melvin Gordon on the edge and still get pressure on Herbert? Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and to me, you know, important part of, you know, evaluating, you know, the impact of losing Chris Jones is looking at the Charger side of it, too, because without Rashawn Slater, I mean, he most likely on at left tackle, he's their best offensive lineman. And and there's a big drop off from what whatever they're going to roll with at left tackle. And right now we don't even know who that left tackle is going to be. I mean, they've got Trey Pipkins on the bench, but the Chargers don't necessarily seem really excited about plugging him back in there. Um, you know, I know a lot of the the beat reporters for the Chargers were asking Brandon Staley on Monday about, you know, moving one of the guards over to the left tackle spot. And, you know, and, and, and Staley said, hey, that's an option. Maybe this is an emergency option, but it's unclear, you know, what they're how they're going to roll with that offensive line. But and there's and with, you know, the troubles that the Chargers have had at right tackle, there's going to be huge opportunities for the Chiefs to just attack the edge of that Chargers offensive line. And I don't think that, you know, the drop off that the Chiefs are going to have going from Chris Jones to uh, whether it's a Derek Nottie or a Turk Wharton on the inside. I don't think that's going to be as big as the fall off is what the Chargers are facing on the outside, not having Rashawn Slater. So, I mean, to me, I mean, I think the bigger challenge is certainly on the Chargers side about how they're going to deal with things. Yeah, you don't, I mean, Chris Jones is the one guy you don't want to lose off that defensive line, but the way that Ingram and Clark have been playing of late, and even Jaron Reed has been stepping up, I, I feel that the Chiefs can get through a game okay without Chris Jones. I, I, you have to hope so, because I think this one's very important. We're going to get to that in the next segment. But as long as they don't get any more positives, how do you feel about who should be starting in that spot? Who should be trying to get that? Interior penetration to get in Herbert's face, which I think is still, despite the the mismatch on the outside, probably the, the more effective way to get to Herbert is through the middle in the A gaps. Is that going to be Turk Warden? Yeah, there's a couple of different options, you know, and because the, the 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 and clearly the Chiefs are keeping all their options open because they they I think they protected every single defensive lineman on their practice squad <laughs> on, on Tuesday that they've got. Um, so they could certainly be bringing up a couple of guys on the line. Um, they, they could, they'll certainly do the rotation through there. I'll be very interested to see if, you know, maybe they get creative with a little bit of the rotation. I mean, Alex Okafor is a guy that, you know, if needed can kick inside, um, you know, Derek Nottie has been a little bit banged up. So I, you know, I do, you know, wonder, you know, how much of a role he'll get a chance to play. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you're assuming everybody is healthy. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would think that Nottie and Wharton would be the two guys that would rotate through there. And like I said, I mean, maybe they 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 do you know a little bit of switching up and maybe have three ends out there on some passing downs in particular. Um, but I, I, once again, I mean, I feel like that I, I don't think that the drop off from Chris is going to be nearly as bad as what the Chargers are going to have on the other side. I mean, I think the opportunities for them to attack are still going to be there. Um, maybe they won't be as strong on the inside, although that's a big part of that's going to be up to Jaron Reed. I mean, if he plays the way that I think he has the last couple of weeks. 
Um, the Chiefs are going to be, pre- be in pretty good shape, I think. It, it feels like, like you said, that drop-off. This is basically back to what is an equivalent of, of full strength, right? Like I, This feels like an equal drop on both sides of the fronts at the very least. I know Gordon can exploit some things in the secondary, but uh, outside of that, if they are evened up, what does that do to the ability in particular, if she started to get some quick pressure, uh, to change Justin Herbert's ability to throw the ball? Yeah, I, I and, and certainly that was a common theme that the Chiefs talked about on Tuesday. I mean, we certainly got from Tyron Matthew and and a little bit of him from uh, uh, from Spags on Monday that they definitely feel like affecting Justin Herbert is a big part of getting the Chargers offense off kilter. And I, and I, I certainly see that. I mean, you know, because I think it's pretty clear that when Herbert makes mistakes, I mean, that's when the Chargers offense is its least effective. Um, doesn't necessarily turn the ball over a whole lot. I mean, I think he's got 11 interceptions on the season, but he also throws the ball a lot. So 11, mm-hmm. 11 turnovers in that situation is not actually that bad. But um, if you can get him off kilter, I mean, that's that's the key to disrupting that Chargers offense. And so I think those opportunities, are, like I said, are going to be there. I mean, um, the Chargers offensive line outside of Slater doesn't blow me away. Um, I think the Chiefs can get pressure. I thought they, they, they did a decent job. I mean, back in September, I mean, I, I don't think that you know, the, the Chiefs defense necessarily played terrible that day. I thought they would, you know, did some things against Herbert. The offense didn't help them out that day with the mistakes and the turnovers. Um, but, you know, as, as as dysfunctional as the Chiefs defense was early in the season, um, outside of a couple of third and fourth downs against the Chargers, I thought they played pretty well that day. And they're going to have to at this point because they're down in a couple of specific spots. We'll get to one of those that might get a correction here uh, after this next break. But overall, this group, does that mean to you that they start sending linebackers a little bit more, that Spags gets creative, or that we see more of a NASCAR-type package without Chris Jones in there? Yeah, that's that, that to me is an excellent question, because I think Spags has got a couple of different options. Uh, you know, and, and honestly, I mean, with what we saw last week against the Raiders, I mean, if he kind of continues his pattern there, he, he spent a lot of the day getting his linebackers off the field. Um, mm-hmm. They spent, you know, a, a lot, and that was on a day when they didn't have Legereus Sneed, and yet they basically threw as many corners and safeties out there as they could, and and I feel like that, you know, hey, the Chargers and what they want to do offensively isn't completely dissimilar from what the Raiders look like. So, you know, I, I think that you could maybe see something similar. It's to me a big part of it is going to be, you know, Austin Eckler, and whether he's healthy and playing in this game. My gut says that he's probably going to try and give it a go. I mean, that might be a, a game-time decision because with everything else the Chargers have going on, I, I know that it looks like they're going to have Keenan Allen back, but if you're still missing Eckler and you're missing Mike Williams, I, I just don't see where the, the matchups are. I mean, this seems like it could be, like I said, you know, I, I used the Raiders comparison. Hunter Renfro had a great day on Sunday, and it didn't matter. I mean, Keenan Allen could right. have a great day on Thursday night, and it won't matter if no, nobody else can help out. And, and as I look at the practice report, Eckler and Williams both did not participate, but and Allen did. Is that correct? I believe that's that's my understanding, yes. Yeah, he is not on the report at all. Uh, so, hey, one out of three of their, their main weapons, that does handicap them, I think, a little bit more than what we're seeing with the Josh Gordon situation in reverse. Now let's get to how that game's going to flow. We're going to get there. Thank you for making us your first listen. We're going to get to that coming up right now. You gotta love the holidays, all the food, the treats, and plenty of them. But you might want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's a perfect time for a built bar. Built bar is the new holiday dessert 
they taste incredible. We've gone over them. We have all the, the new ones, blueberry muffin. You have the uh, chunk cookie dough. You got to love that as well as my favorite coconut. You got to love the coconut brownie chunk. It is the best one out there. And feast are something delicious. And that's how you feel about these bars. You need to have one of those as well. Every single one is about 130 to 150 calories. Uh, only four grams of sugar and plenty of protein, upwards of 15 grams per bar versus a slice of pie that's over 300 calories. You got to get into this. And this is a just as good tasting and a better way to eat, especially around your holidays. Low calorie, low carb, low fat and high protein covered in 100 percent real chocolate. Built is the great option whenever you're hungry, whether it's Thanksgiving weekend or all the way through Christmas and even New Year's. You can share some at your family gatherings, too. Maybe even get your aunt to try a built bar. You never know. There's always a few surprises, some limited edition flavors that are always coming out. And right now, the offer is over at Built.com. If you use the code LOCKED15, you're going to end up getting 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So a lot of of ifs. You mentioned Legereus Sneed. Uh, before we get into what this team actually, or what this game actually means to this team, uh, I thought Andy was pretty pretty straightforward in that not putting pressure on him to return that this is this is a life changing thing. He's got the support of his teammates. Um, the thing that that Andy said that I thought I, I really agreed with is he does seem like a player that will I think bounce back being around his teammates a little bit before he has to step back on the field. Do you expect him to play at this point? I, I think he will. I mean, he was heading back to Kansas City on Tuesday. He did not practice, but he will be back with the team. And on a short week like this, like I said, I mean, you, you, the, the Tuesday practice is not a big deal. I mean, it's a glorified walkthrough. So, um, yeah, he'll be a little bit behind as far as the preparations and the meeting times go. But that's something that you can get caught up with with the coaches very quickly. Uh, on Wednesday on the plane, even, you know, got all day Thursday. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, the decision for, for Legereus need to play is going to be entirely in his hands. Uh, and I think that the fact that he is returning to Kansas City is probably indicative of that he wants to play. And if that's the case, I mean, I, I certainly feel like Legereus needs the type of guy that if he plays, I mean, he's going to make an impact. I think that's something that that would it's going to be an emotional game for him regardless his first game back and and you're right i mean his teammates and the coaches absolutely have been incredibly supportive throughout all of this with him they want him to do what he needs to do so if he felt like he couldn't play this week they would absolutely support him but at this point it certainly looks like all indications are that he wants to be in los angeles okay so that sets it up for what this really is. And I, I think it's flown under the radar because I certainly have been letting folks know that if they can hold court, they can still get that number one seat. But it's time to take a breath and focus in on this particular week. This is the AFC West right here. Win this game, it's yours. Uh, I mean, unless you fall apart and the wheels come off. Lose this game, it's nearly impossible to take the West back. Am I overreacting to that? No, you're not. I mean, you you lose this game, and yeah, you're tied for the lead, but you don't have the the the, the tiebreaker anymore on the Chargers. In which case, you know, you got to beat them head to head the rest of the way, and and that's just really difficult. I mean, that means you're going to have to win out, and you're going to have to have the Chargers slip up somewhere along the way. And you know, their schedule. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I mean, for both these teams, I think there's an, an entirely. I think it's entirely likely that whichever team wins this game. Going to win out the rest of the way. I mean, that's just the way that I, I, I think everything stacks up. I mean, this is 
the kind of game that if you're the Chargers and you win it, you certainly expect to beat the Texans, the Broncos, and the Raiders. I mean, those are two teams, two out of those three teams that I think have already packed it in, and and, and a Broncos team that I don't think scares anybody. So, and the Chiefs are kind of the same way. I mean, they've got a schedule that's set up that this is the most difficult game they have left. So if they win this game, I expect them to run the table. Um, so yeah, I mean, this, this game has a tremendous impact on where the Chiefs kind of come out seeding wise for the playoffs. Because honestly, I mean, you win this game, you give yourself an entirely fantastic boost towards getting that number one seed. You lose it. Suddenly five seeds certainly in play, if not, you know, lower than that. And mm-hmm. five seed, remember, you lose the division going on the road and you're five seed, you're probably going to Los Angeles again. Right. That's exactly what it'll look like. That, that will buy you another trip. So at the end of the day, I think that obviously the office gave it away a lot in their first meeting. I think that, that we can say that everything in, in it, that we've seen points to them being out of that rut. Can't really expect that going forward, I don't think. But it also is. I thought a step forward against when they did play against too high uh, for the Raiders, which was only 28 or 24% of the snaps last week. But I think it set them up and they were executing against it better than we had seen earlier in the season as well. So in, in light of all that, do you feel like the, the two high looks that the Chargers are likely to throw at them, that this team is in a better place to exploit that even without Josh Gordon at this point? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they do. I mean, the, the Chiefs, I think, have certainly gotten more comfortable going up against that the last, you know, uh, probably a couple of games. I think we're seeing them be a little bit more productive. I mean, it, once again, I mean, it's going to it's up to the individual defenses each week, what kind of wrinkles that they throw into it. Because um, I think we saw certainly that the Raiders threw some wrinkles that did not work um, in both those games. So, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of a, a road to what not to do. Um, but you know, remember the, the chiefs outside the turnovers had their way with the chargers back in week three. I mean, I thought both sides of the football, but particularly offensively, they were moving up and down the field. And so, you know, to me, I think it's more on the chargers to make, make more adjustments than it is on the chiefs to adjust from what happened in week three. I think that the chiefs, I, I think they're playing with more confidence right now. I mean, I think that, and certainly the offensive line is more cohesive. There's better chemistry right there. I think they're running the football better than they were at that time. So from that standpoint to me, I mean, I think that a lot of this favors the Chiefs offense. Um, If they don't make mistakes, once again, no turnovers, limit the penalties. I think this could be a very good day for the offense. Now, folks, tomorrow we're going to have the matchup and preview and prediction show like we always do. But the one that stands out to me, Matt, and I want to ask your opinion on this, the thing that I think it comes down to, Joy Bose has been rising the last couple of weeks. He's been performing well. I think this is the matchup they have to guard against the most. It looks like Luke Nyang was a full participant on Tuesday, but like you said, it's just a glorified walkthrough. What can we take from that, and can we expect to see Lucas Nyang back out there? Yeah, to me, it's probably about 50-50. Um, he was certainly well enough to play last week when they brought him in You know, with the replacements at the end of the game in a blowout. Um, doesn't necessarily mean he's ready to, you know, play a full game, um, at this point. And, and the Chiefs have been comfortable with, with, with Andrew Wiley at this point. So, um, clearly Niang is comfortable. They're, they're comfortable enough with the Niang to at least handle a little bit of work, whether that's even on a short week. I mean, you know, hey, it was four days ago that, that they wouldn't have said no. Niang is not playing against the Raiders. And then is it four days later that he's ready to go against the Chargers? I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably at a 50 50 proposition at this point. Okay. Well, we will let you guys know, and that preview show is tomorrow. 
with everything that we know up to date, you're going to get a bonus and get a little bit of information about what the Chargers are doing. So make sure you watch out for that. We're going to have an extra episode for you. Matt, thanks for taking the time and fill us in in today. As always, Ryan. Take care, my friend. And I'll try to sign off without flubbing that one, folks. Thank you for listening. I'm sure I'll do something crazy tomorrow as well. We appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.